Welcome, welcome back to Active Minds Podcast. I'm Catrell C. Sarfati, and here we're going to be learning and exploring through the perspective and experiences of people like Justin and Chris, and Chris that are paving their own lane. Then we're going to have a little fun. We're going to mix things up. And I'm gonna, this episode is going to be a little fun because I got two new fellow New Yorkers with me. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to brainstorm, talk a little shit to see how <laughs> what their experiences can teach us. And most importantly, the whole idea of this entire thing is to move smarter together. Justin and Chris, thank you so much for joining us, thank man. Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, you. Much love. I'm a little Likewise. biased because y'all New Yorkers, so obviously I'm like, <laughs> come here. Literally, when y'all walked in, I'm like, come here. Definitely. You, yo, I heard your voice immediately. I'm like, all right, come here. Come I, here I, I appreciate the shot, bro. You got me started off early. Of course, man. I had to hit you with the Uncle Nearest, man. Um, the subject matter that I would love to go with over with y'all today is the long game. So the whole marathon, not a sprint. And you two obviously know that because... You said it perfectly. I could be a millionaire right now if I just started charging a shit ton of money for access to this stuff. But instead, if I do it this way, I get to filter out basically the fagazi people and like yep. the people that are going to waste my time. And in terms of what you're working on, the expanding your empire and stock trading, etc., that's not something that comes overnight. That's right. something that takes time. Right. So like, before I even get into like the the the, the real stuff that I should be getting into, why stocks? Why you? Uh, well, stocks is definitely a foreign concept when it comes mm-hmm. to my community. I mean, you're from New York City. You're from Brooklyn. I'm from Washington Heights, Harlem area. Yeah. And this is an area where people don't even know what a stock is, right? Nah. Like, on my block, probably less than 10% actually own a share of any stock, right? Yeah. So the problem with our community right now is that we don't have any sort of equity or ownership when it comes to anything. We don't have a framework for retirement. Mm-hmm. Now, the stock market is just one single vehicle that we can use to be able to retire and make money, have a legacy when it comes to our name. And, you know... And, and also, you know, uh, realize, realize um, generational wealth. But it's like stocks is one of the ways to become rich, right? True. People have done it for decades. True. The the SPY 500 gives you a 10% return every single year, even during a recession. Sin falta. Basically, without fail. Without fail. So, over right? and over. So, so, so it's like you got people that are working and working and working, and they just work and they just die. That's the paradigm when it comes to our community at this moment. People just work for decades, and we don't have any sort of plan for retirement. So how about we, you know, we start getting into... Um, the stock market. Mm-hmm. Now we own a thousand shares of Microsoft, a thousand shares of, of NVIDIA. Now we actually hold weight. Now we have something that, that we can actually pass down generations. That's the reason why I'm in, you know, I'm in one of the vehicles, which is the stock market. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I'm trying to bring it back home to the city. Nice. I definitely can resonate with that yeah, message. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, when you bring, when you bring that conversation to certain spaces, yeah, I mean, it's always, it's it's met with a lot of, like, either animosity or kind of just, like, a right. little bit of ignorance sometimes. It's called what it is. Yep. You know, like, you know, growing up with certain things like that, you know, you get people, you get a lot of stupid remarks. Um, and in your side, you're working on business credit. You're working on getting people to revisit their relationship with finances. Why you? Why finance, man? So, I mean, again, you know, I come from New York as well. We come from areas where... I, my mother never had credit. You know, she never had a credit card in her life until three years ago. And I oh, feel shit. like financial wow. financial literacy is the most important thing to everything we're doing. This yeah. is the this is the stepping stone to every avenue that we're bringing to our communities, discords, and to the places that we go and meet new people. Because if they want to get into stocks, a lot of people can't afford to get in stocks, like I told you about. And they come into our group for the wrong reason. They come into our group to quit their job, and they think they're going to get rich because <laughs> we're making money right. doing something. Save me. Stocks Man. is not 
stocks is for no stocks for some people can be a full-time job but that is a very small percentage mm-hmm. of people and to be realistic if you want to trade stocks and you're not that dedicated stocks should be something that you're using as a side hustle mm-hmm. you're trading for a couple hours a day you're you know me and chris when we trade anything we're in and out 10 minutes yep. we're not we're not doing day trades all day we <laughs> trade for five minutes we scalp something we make a good percentage and then we're out mm-hmm. so in order to get to that place what do you need to do you need to have a financial stability mm-hmm. and you can't quit your job unless you have good credit you can't True. start a business unless you have good credit so in order for you to even start to become more successful quit your nine to five what's the first step making sure your personal credit's in order making sure that when you get a business you're able to get funding so you can excel that business much quicker than you expect so being that both of you are operating in spaces that let's call it what it is in our spaces aren't really accepted as regular conversation mm-hmm. like Growing up where I grew up, it was weird because we were like the poorest in the in a good area. Right. So in certain places with my boys, like you don't talk about money. It was considered taboo. <laughs> but then like with some of my classmates, like their dad or their mom would be like, well, how would you trade the stock, son? You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, they're talking about money. It's like their families are comfortable talking about money. But then like my other half of friends, that money was not something you talked about. It was like this lordship. They put money on a pedestal that was weird. Because it, they treated money like a pedestal, like that's your master. Right. And then the other half of my friends would be like, no, dude, money is little toy soldiers. I still remember one of my classmates' dad, mm-hmm. he told me he literally had little toy soldiers. He's like, no, this is money. This is a little toy soldier. If I needed to shoot, it would shoot. If I needed to work, it will work. If I needed to sweat and bleed, it will sweat and bleed. Right. That's how his perception of money worked. Yeah, it's different. So for y'all both in similar spaces when it comes to finance, mm-hmm. why do you think that you looked at money differently? Well, it really changed the last four years. Okay. Right? Like, I I didn't have the mindset that I had five years ago. Okay. Right? It really came from understanding what the challenges, what the paradigm is, and then going from there. So, why 2018, though? 2018, uh, I just got out of college. So, I graduated from Michigan State University the the year of 2015. Okay. I went into Microsoft as a cybersecurity product manager. So, at that age, I was was already making great money. Uh I was making like 150 at the age of 20 um, just from that corporate job. Mm -hmm. And then... The reason why I got into stocks, and again, stocks is, is just one single vehicle. There's real estate. There's business funding. There's so many different things. There's e-commerce, right? But the reason why I got into stocks is, is because I made the biggest mistake of my life. Because every company gives you an employee stock program, yeah. right? Yeah. But I was so worried about getting money and getting an a emergency fund that I could take money back home. So my biggest goal was getting at least $20,000 as an emergency fund when I was 20 mm, years old. Okay. So I did not... You know, be, I did not engage in the employee stock program. You didn't? I didn't because I didn't know anything about, you know, stocks or anything like that. I, I, I didn't have anybody. So, you know what, Chris? Dude, you must be kicking yourself in the oh, ass. Listen, Microsoft. <laughs> Every day. Are you kidding the, me? You didn't buy you. Microsoft? <laughs> but listen, the Microsoft share was at $54 when I, when I got into Microsoft. Right now, it's at 260 Mind you, I do have a six-figure portfolio of just Microsoft. I swear. I swear. <laughs> Get out, bro. I swear. Holy but shit. But these are the mistakes. Why? Because we never have these conversations when it comes yeah. to our community, right? We never sit down as a family and say, you know what? Hey, hey Justin, what do we got to do this year so you have 500 shares of Apple? Mm-hmm. What do we got to do as a family so we can buy a multifamily property? Mm. We don't have those conversations. And that was the biggest mistake. And again, it's the fear. I had lots of fear when it comes to the stock market. Why? Because as you grow up, I came from a background where my mom used to tell me, well, that's not really for us. The stock market is not for us. You know, we can't be part of that. 
So ju- ju- just that trauma definitely followed me. And once I made that mistake, and mind you, just off that single mistake, that cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. That gave me the motivation to say, you know what? I made the mistake. I learned from this. Now it's time for us to create an empire, an ecosystem that we could bring back home and bring back to the people to empower them to get into these different vehicles like the, you know, the stock market, like like uh, real estate, like e-commerce, like business funding, like, like personal credit and things like that. Speaking of personal credit, when did your relationship with money change? <laughs> so, I mean, to be realistic, you know, when I was younger, I did a lot of illegal things. I was at cash. You know, I had I mean, cash, come on, cash, bro. cash. You know how it is. You know, we, <laughs> you know, you know, it is what it is, in New York, that's what we did. We had yeah. cash. I sold things. I got cash. And that was cool then. And I, I thought I was cool. I dropped out of high school. I had a lot of money. I thought I was the man. And then it came to the point where I ended up in rehab. And I got out of rehab, and I didn't know where to go. So I got into sales. And I got one sales job, two sales jobs. My third sales job was a six-figure sales job as a high school dropout. I was 21 years old. And I'm like, okay, I got six figures now. I'm going to get a brand new car. I'm going to get a brand new house. Guess what I found out? I can't get those things. I had <laughs> no credit. No credit. I, I was making $130,000 a year selling cable and internet for mm-hmm. Spectrum Business. And I could not buy a house. I could not buy a car wow. because I had terrible credit. The first only credit card that I had was at K Jewelers. I bought and bought a $4,000 watch and a chain and never paid the shit back. I said I don't need to. Fuck credit. Yeah. We're we're in a we're, we live in an environment. <laughs> so crazy. You still got it? Oh no, nah, I lost uh, that shit. <laughs> it's long gone. But oh shit, I love your honesty, dude. Like, no, it's a that's fact. That's so New York. Yeah. You said yeah. I went to K Jewelers. I did, and that's oh, a, I went. I bought a brand new chain. I got a four thousand nah, dollar Movado. You didn't go to Canal Street. You could have got, yeah. got a. You know, <laughs> yeah, Canal. I got the real shit. I had the diamond in the Movado. I was killing it. And then I was like, you know what? I want to buy a crib now. I want to buy my own house. I was paying, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a month for rent already, and I was always using cash. But I stopped that lifestyle. So now that I have real money, hundred thousand dollar a year job, I'm like, I can get a brand new house. Yeah. I can get a brand new car. Guess what? I couldn't get anything. Wow. So that day forward, I was like, holy shit! I'm gonna dedicate my life to figuring this credit shit out. And within like six to eight months, I spent so much time on credit, and then I started to see people because Facebook. We know Facebook tracks everything we say. Yeah. I was talking about credit so much. Credit repair companies were pulling up on my phone every day. Facebook was advertising to me because they heard me talking about it in my microphone. And I started to see them popping up, 1,000, 1,500. And I'm, ta- I'm like, wait, I can do this. I know more about credit now than anybody because I disputed my own stuff. I learned how to dispute. I learned how to do everything. So right then and there, I quit my job on the spot, started a credit repair company. I had, took out my 401k. I had $45,000 left. Put it all to the business, and wow. I ended up making six hundred thousand dollars in credit repair that first year. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yo, and that's how you ended up not at going to Major World, getting a Toyota for like nine hundred a month. <laughs> but, Major World. But to the, Yo, remember Major World? Of course, bro. But, yeah, but I will say wow. to the, the head. I will say to the bad side though, is like I did very well in credit repair. We helped a lot of clients, but. I took myself away from that to start, you know, especially with Level Up. You know, once I got involved with Chris and Level Up and building that community, I took that idea and we ran with it. And that's why, like I said, we we made Project Fundable to be different. So we didn't interfere with what Level Up's goals are, mm-hmm. but they're still connected because everything that we do with Project Fundable, they can still come over to Level Up to, mm-hmm. to use that money to actually level up and, and enjoy, you know, their their new money that they're getting. Hmm. But with credit repair, the thing is, I'll tell a lot of people is it's, a terrible business for a few reasons. For one, it's the most saturated thing of all time right now. Mm-hmm. There's, they're popping up left and right, and any idiot that buys a course thinks they're a credit repair expert. Mm-hmm. And for two, the clients that you're dealing with, and I don't want to say this in the wrong way, you're dealing with people that don't pay their bills, right? And then 
you either have to charge them a one-time fee or a monthly fee. 99% of the time, they don't have $1,000, so you're paying a monthly fee. What's the chances they're gonna pay you that monthly fee if they didn't pay any of their bills? Yeah. By the time I stopped doing the credit repair business, I had over $60,000 in mispayments. And I'll never get that back. That's crazy, yeah. I'll oh, never fine. get that back because you cannot dispute credit repair in New York State because I was charging before the credit repair. I can't get in trouble for it, but I technically was not allowed to do that either. It's like robbing a drug dealer, bro. So, yeah, you can't call the cops. So <laughs> I would fix someone's credit, they'd have a 720 credit score, then they would charge me back for all the, the, the fees that they paid or they wouldn't pay at all, and they would get their credit fixed for free and there's nothing I could do about it. Wow. So for me to even made the amount I made is in, insane, but it was still a terrible yeah. business motive because you're dealing for one you're dealing with people that aren't motivated and our goal together is to deal with people that are motivated yep. that are actually going to listen that are actually going to take action and that are actually ready to level up with us this year and make moves not people that oh, i want to fix my credit so i can go get another credit card and fuck it up again yep. so in this scenario the short term puts you in a position where you're dealing with people like you just said right yeah because in my experience the cheapest customers always demand the most <laughs> 100%. Um, but as y'all transition over to community and leveling up mm -hmm. pun intended for the name <laughs> um y'all had to switch up who you targeted which required you to think long game right so what was like the major difference obviously we know we can go into a little bit of the difference of clientele that you have now but specifically what did it look like transitioning from the quick buck person to the long game person um, sacrifice. We went, me and Chris went from making a lot of money. Very like he. The reason I met Chris is he was doing credit repair too. Yeah. We, oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met. He him mentored and, me. So oh, yeah. wow. We yeah. I yeah. met Chris and he. It was the funniest story ever. Is <laughs> actually this is going to be great for this. Um, we had the same ads guy and Chris was looking for some help on a couple of things. And my ads guy was like, reach out to Justin. And Chris calls me, didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. He called me so proper, like he wasn't from New York. He's like, how are you doing, sir? My name is Christopher Munich. <laughs> Hated his guts. I didn't even want to talk to him anymore. I'm like, I who hate the this fuck dude. Is this schmuck? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. who is this schmuck? Cause he was like, he was so serious. That that was like when Chris was really, cause he's worked at Microsoft. He's yeah. had such a good living. That was when he first dove into his entrepreneurial, yeah. you know, ah, dive. Okay. That was his first real dive into guidance, his own business. So, like, let me, let me have, so he he called me so professional, and I hate that <laughs> shit because I'm never gonna be that professional dude. And I was like, fuck this dude. It's hard to trust somebody who talks like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like. And then, and then within like two days, he's, he's texting me and shit, and we finally get a call, and some little thing happened in our conversation. He's like, wait, you from New York? He's like, go shit, I'm from the Bronx. I'm like, say less. And then he was like, I asked him what he did. He was like, oh, I trade stocks. He's he was like, I'll drive to Syracuse right now. next week, right now. and I'll teach you how to trade stocks, help me with a credit repair. And we did that. He drove the next four days. <laughs> We've been best friends since. He taught me everything about trading. I taught him everything about credit repair, and it's been that since. Yes, my history. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, so <laughs> I love that because... Shit, that, bro, that's exactly what happened when you walked in here. <laughs> I'm no better. I'm no better. Like, wait, I heard his tone. I'm like, come here, come here. Bro. Yeah. Um, but that's something that, like, we definitely pick up in New York because, yep. like, I, I actually had a very funny conversation not so long ago when people here from Miami and, like, they segregate themselves. And I was like, bro, like, they're like, oh, you, how come you're going to do that? You're from New York. Everyone's over there. I'm like, you know what it is? Everyone's in the same shit over there. So, like, your background is just, like, yep. an identifier. That's it. Right, like, no right. one's thinking I can't talk to fulano because he's Dominican. Right, right. I can't talk to fulano over there because he's Sicilian. Right. It's literally just, yo, I have a, a Sicilian boy. I got a Dominican boy. Yeah. Like, that's how it works. 100%. And it almost sounds like you took that approach to your community. Yeah. Like, because yeah. your, your community is more focused on a goal. And I noticed that I, I do miss that a little bit about New York. That camaraderie is, like, it's not about where you're better from. It's about what we're trying to do. Exactly. So it sounds like you took that approach to your community. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, I don't know not everyone in your community is from New York, but specifically, what do you know? What do you look for, or what do you notice tends to 
resonate the best with your community? What type of person? Uh, people that are driven. One, people that are driven. People that have goals and mm -hmm. smart goals, I think, is what people that... Smart goals. Okay. Yeah, smart goals. We'll break into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think individuals that already have some sort of financial stability, Okay. I would say, okay. because now they can actually put money into stock trading. They can put money into e-commerce. They can mm -hmm. put money into PR to push their brand, to push who they are as an individual. I think those people are probably the best because they already have some sort of structure, right? We come from getting customers that do not have any sort of structure. They don't know anything about financial literacy. Mm -hmm. Now, when we go to a, a customer that has structure, they understand a little bit about, about how to manage money. Mm -hmm. It gets a bit better because now we can actually pour more into their cup and show them more different ways that they can actually make more money or not be able to manage it even better. They could definitely handle it. Yeah. 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 And the biggest thing with me and Chris, like it, you'll see this time and time is we give off so much free information. Oh, yeah. We do free webinars every month. We're in both our discords giving out free, free sauce here. Apply for this. You'll get 50,000. Do mm -hmm. this. Um, there's this new stock. Like there's, there's so much information. And I run a marketing company all the time too. I give people the free game on that. I help them build funnels. I do all this free shit. Yeah. But yeah, for, but look who you're giving it to. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. So we're very particular on who we give our time right. to now mm -hmm. because we and him have both wasted so much time on people that yeah, were ungrateful and people that were unwilling to use that information moving forward. So now when people come in, we read them very quickly. We see if they're actually love, ready to make an investment in themselves or actually listen to us and take action. And if they're not, there's it's just it can't happen anymore. It's just hours and hours being spent of just giving away things that we spent hours and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn. So and you're not putting the, the wrong people. people on. Yeah, and it, I mean, it really comes from a place to serve. When you come from a place to serve to help people out mm -hmm. and it's genuine and is natural i mean why not all right like oftentimes people want to charge hundreds of thousands of dollars even even for the most basic information that people could find online we don't do that we do webinars almost every single week just giving out free game credit spreadsheets i mean he gives out spreadsheets that are just they're worth thousands and we give it out for free in my experience uh i went i got i got caught in that trap not too long ago like a few years ago on instagram i was putting out stuff it was funny too because i put out like actual stuff that i would charge companies yeah. tens of thousands of dollars for it but i would put right. on ig and it was like oh, and then i put like something stupid and it would do numbers and i'm like ah oh, man fuck this yeah but i had to learn the hard way to take that exact same energy because it was manasse like it's just in me right so i would just give it to like y'all and then i noticed y'all would do something wrong with it i'm like oh this is worth it but i was doing it for this crowd like i even had people like write me like if you really cared you'd give it for free i'm like i am giving it for free yeah, like, what are you 100%. talking about I mean, you're, you're always going to get the naysayers on, on social media, on Instagram, stuff like that. I just focus on the mission. Because at the end of the day, all this stuff is bigger than us. Yeah. We got a huge problem that we have to fix, and that's generational wealth when it comes to our, our communities that are, that are definitely less privileged. Mm -hmm. It's way bigger than us. So when somebody on social media says, says anything about stock trading, like, for example, people tell me now, you know, right now, if you go on social media and you talk about stock trading, mm -hmm. oh, here comes another trader. No. We need to continue talking about these things. Oh, you talk about those people like it's a scam? Yeah. It's a scam. Well, or, everything's or, or, a scam. Or, everything's a scam. Or, yeah. Because, you know, again, after the pandemic, the pandemic forced people to get another leg of income. Yeah. Right? People only have one, one, only one single leg. So people got into the stock market, into Forex. So now trading, everyone's yeah. talking about stocks and Forex. So then you're going to get the naysayers, the ignorant people saying, why is everybody talking about stocks? Like, here comes another person, to, you know, talking about Forex. What's the problem? We were not talking about Forex nor stocks <laughs> 10 years ago. That's the reason uh, why we have been a cycle. A few times, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, and it also comes from people who haven't even tried it out, who haven't even invested into the stock market, right? So I think that these people, it's more around 
negative energy. We need people to continue talking about credit. The more we talk about stocks, the more of a chain reaction that we're actually going to enforce when it comes to our communities. Think about it. Growing up in New York City, I never heard my mom talking about stocks or credit or anything like that. That's true. You know, so we need to continue talking about this. What things. was your mother's relationship with money? Oh, great question. I mean, she was living paycheck to paycheck. That's what I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always had excellent credit. I will say that. She always was on top of her bills, making sure that her payments were on time. Um, she has an 830 credit score right now, which is really good. Yeah, it's, Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's up there. So she was the one that really enforced us to say, listen, stay on top of your payments because your credit is everything. Yeah. She will always preach that. She said, credit will always follow you. Yeah, that's true. And when it comes to New York City, where, where we come from, you got people that they got a car. And they got to put it under someone else's name because they can't even apply for that car and their homes. I got people that their homes are in someone else's name. That's crazy to me. That's a lot of liability, dude. It's a lot of liability. Yeah. I talked about this and it's that, you know, I talked to my mom the other day and I said, listen, you know, having equity is so imperative. Yeah. And the reason why is because we were renting an apartment for over 20 years and I calculated the rent and it it was a total of $400,000 of just money just burnt away yeah burned yeah exactly now yeah. when it now when it comes to credit credit history is one of the most important factors when it comes to your credit you can actually report your credit your 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 payments on your rent now yeah to your credit report yeah. these are things we did not know about and those are things that my mom and i'm sure other people's parents did not know about and we missed on all that credit history yeah it's crazy i mean on the subject of credit <laughs> what was what was your parents relationship with money like i mean yeah i grew up with a single single mother my father walked out God when bless. I was very early and um she was she was making three four hundred dollars a week i lived with my grandmother most of my life mm-hmm. my mother was in and out you know she was she's a great mother she did a lot but she didn't have that financial stability and one thing i can say is like what chris is saying about his mother this is another big issue that we have in america is i sold cell phones and i sold credit and cable i mean on um, cable and internet in an area where it was a lot of foreign people a lot of hispanics a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people from all different types of uh, a part of the world and i had to check their credit Every single time their credit was good. People coming from foreign countries, coming here and building good credit right off the rip. But we have Americans that take full advantage of this system. Every time I would get an American person that has their business, their credit's a 580, 600. They have bills they don't pay. But people are coming from foreign countries and they're understanding right off the rip that they they were giving an opportunity to come here. They don't have credit in their countries in most places and they're taking full advantage of it. That's huge. And we have Americans that are just shitting on the economy, just blowing credit cards, not paying nothing back. And then they wonder why their situation is fucked up for the next 30 years. Then the worst part is that they'll sit there and look at those immigrants that you talked about that came here. And talk shit about them. And talk shit about them. And say, yo, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be in our country. They're the ones building the blocks. (laughs) They're the ones doing the things, the right thing. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> my mom doesn't speak a lick of English. She understands a little yeah. bit, especially to talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, she started off with sandwich leasing in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. So, and I helped her with that, obviously uh, translating it. And one time, I still remember we were taking over this this property with sixteen buildings. Sorry, sixteen uh, apartments. Excuse me. And it was two two properties, so thirty two in total. And the whole time, he, this guy's looking at my mom, <laughs> like she she literally looks OTB, bro. And then a me, a little kid, just is translating. And he's like, who, who's going to be running this? Who's the owner? My mom's like, heard it. She's like, oh, me. And he's like, why don't you learn English? And in like the most broken language, she's like, this, this language, America. That's what she was telling me. She's like, I don't need to learn English. This is the only language that matters. My mom has a freaking right. 8, 820 right now, too. And it's wow, funny that amazing, his example of, of your experience is funny because, bro, my mom does not play with credit, bro. 
Like if it's doing the first, she will re- beg, borrow, and steal to make sure it gets to paid. Make sure it's paid, yeah. 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 So it's re- I I appreciate your experience, man, because you actually got a real education on the immigrant experience. Your family is Sicilian. You're working with a whole bunch of other immigrants as well. So you already know what what actually the reality looks like. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, you you didn't fall for that whole propaganda no. bullshit. <laughs> no, I mean you can't say that hundred percent. You know, I grew up in an area where there were people that were taking advantage of, but for the most part, Americans are fucking up. They're the ones talking shit about people, and they're the ones that are literally ruining the economy. But and then the biggest issue is this: is with funding and credit, the whole game is tricks. The whole game is loopholes. The mm-hmm. whole game is finding information before the next person, and we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll find uh, I'll find this bank, a small bank somewhere, and they're offering twenty five, fifty thousand dollars with barely any. I can do that all the time. I have hundreds wow. of them. But here's the issue: we find these banks, and they're doing this for a short period of time. And what happens is some idiot on YouTube spreads the word to everybody in America. Guess what? You can get so he can get a couple views. Guess what happens? All those people that he showed it to, they went took advantage of it, fucked it up, and now the bank will no longer offer that. So now you lost that opportunity oh. for somebody who can actually use that investment. Now that bank no longer does that unless you're because they made the it biggest thing with business mm-hmm. funding, saturated. When you're a new business, you don't have W2s, you don't have tax returns, you don't have P&Ls. And the only way to get funding is going off your personal credit, maybe showing a couple bank statements. So if you can find someone to give you twenty-five or fifty thousand dollars with just showing bank statements, just showing your personal credit, it's a golden egg. And what happens is the minute that information gets spread through YouTube and all these idiots start to do it and they take advantage of it and they don't pay it back, that bank says, Fuck this, I want PLs, I want a year of tax returns, and you're not getting anything. So now that whole opportunity got ruined. For an entrepreneur who's looking to start a business, scale the business, he can no longer get that money because you want him to fuck it up. Wow. Yep. Scumbag. <laughs> That's some scumbag behavior. It's happened behavior. like 30 times this That's year. Like I've ruined like 30 behavior. connections this year because of YouTube. That's why I don't. That's why I'm not big on YouTube because they want so much free game, but the free game is going to cost my students and our community the options that I'm giving them because that free game is going to go too far. And right. it's going to go to the wrong You're right. People. No, like, I'm actually thinking about this one guy in particular. I'm not going to say his name, but... Go ahead. I'm he does some... No, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do him like that, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not, I'm not going to snitch, but he, he's done that a few times. And he will take advantage of the loopholes. And one of his things that he likes to do is he'll take advantage of the loophole. He'll use others as rat holes to get the credit and then use their credit. Mm. But he's doing exactly what you just said. He's not paying it back. He's letting them default. Yeah. And he tends to go after people who are immigrants because he'll be like, oh, well, you could always go back to your country. Like, it's, it's no big deal. But you're right. That up. attitude tends to fuck it up for the rest of us. It does. It happens every time. Like, I can I can literally name over 20 different banks that have gotten ruined this year because of YouTube. And I had, I, oh, was, giving, shit. I was giving out sauce. $25,000, $50,000 lines of credit, $25,000 credit card, $50,000 credit card. And then, boom, too many people fucked it up. Now they want P&Ls. Now they want, they want things that you can't have as a new business owner. No. It's impossible. There's two things you can't add to credit. You can't add age. You can't add tax returns if your business is too new. And especially with a new business, for you to get any credit, is it's outstanding because you're just starting and banks are allowing you to get $25,000, $50,000. Credit cards are easy. I can get anybody on it. If you have a strong personal profile, I'll get you $100,000 on credit cards in two days. That's easy. But credit cards are a start. And the real goal is to get lines of credit. Mm-hmm. If you have a two thousand dollar, a two hundred thousand dollar revolving line of business credit at a three to four percent interest rate, do you know what you can do with that? You can buy a house every two months, flip it, and then you have it again. 
and then flip it. And then you have again. Then you're putting that profit in there too. It's way better than you're building, you're building it up to a yeah. million dollars. You have a million dollars. You can flip ten houses, buy ten Airbnbs, buy Amazon stores, buy whatever the hell you want. Have twenty fucking cars on Turos. You can go buy twenty two Maximos right now. You'd be killing it out here. One hundred forty bucks <laughs> a day. The Maximos, bro. Oh, damn, that takes me back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know about those Nissan Maximas, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. Like, that's the big thing with Turo. Like, everyone's trying to get all these foreign cars and do Turo. Like, I don't even do Turo yet because we're in New York. It's not even allowed. Yeah. yeah. But once we, like, me and Chris, he's out here now. Y'all coming out here? He's already out here. Yeah, I'm out here already. Wow. Trust yeah. me, yes, I'm sir. on my way Yo. soon. Yes, sir. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I have an office in New York, so it's hard. I have employees there. Yeah. But, I mean, this is definitely the move to just to get away Yo, from please. New York I'd love more of y'all down here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've been liking the new company because there's a lot of old faces, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Definitely, definitely, yeah. for sure. Bro. Like, people are out here just trying to buy foreign cars and rent those out, but you, the risk on a foreign car to rent out is is terrible. You're, the amount of money you're spending, the amount of money it's going to cost to get damaged if Turo doesn't cover it, mm -hmm. and you can literally, for the same price, go and buy 10 fucking Maximas, and you'll make 10 times more money, and the repair will be... 10 times cheaper true and everyone will rent them every day because guess what a lot of people come to miami that aren't rich all the people that act like they're rich around here probably aren't it's a fact i don't know if you're gonna leave this in steward <laughs> but i got a maximum what about the zero <laughs> yo <laughs> bro i'm from new york I, like one of my first cars <laughs> is the maximum that's that's good. Like, oh, I got, was great bro, i got a 2014 so maximum that i put problem. up on toro that's so good well, and, and bro it's area. such a money maker yeah right that bit that bad bitch makes us <laughs> money yeah <laughs> Bro, she's going strong. She got like 89,000 miles. We don't care, man. Just keeps boom, 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 boom. boom. I love that. Yeah, as soon as it hits 100,000 miles, I'm swapping it out for a 2016 maximum, bro. That's amazing. Yeah, so you're hitting a little close to home on that That's one. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. Dude, it's... Come on, bro. Yeah. There's money in mud. There's yeah, money in mud. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Um, but on the talk on that topic i know that because you're talking about stocks and, and very similar like that mm -hmm. that relationship that people have with it yeah obviously the whole idea of being marathon not a sprint it's the long game so delayed gratification is something that is something people a lot of people struggle with yes like they want it now have you have y'all ever heard of something called the hedonic treadmill yep okay so the hedonic treadmill and if y'all haven't heard it here's what it is hedonic treadmill is this I bought a Lambo. <laughs> now I need two Lambos. Yep. Now I need three Lambos and so on. And basically it's just never enough. Mm -hmm. That 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 thing basically now becomes where you, you're not satiated. You just need more and more. And when it comes to instant gratification, it sounds like the people you're now serving have less need for instant gratification. They're okay with the long game. Yeah. But let's, let's get a little bit more specific. Mm -hmm. What is the major difference you notice between that person now and the person, for example, that we are used to dealing with, that everything is a scam, we need it now, we need it today, we need it for cheap. I think it's all, it's all mindset. Mm -hmm. It's mindset. Um, you know, instant gratification, and I think I've, I definitely blame social media for that. Because mm. you see somebody's an entrepreneur, they're driving a Lambo, driving a Urus or a, a G-Wagon, and all of a sudden you think that you could get there in three months. It's not going to happen. So I think mindset and playing the long-term game and where we, you know, every single course that we do, whether it's e-commerce, personal credit, stocks, the first module or session, it will always be mindset. What does mindset mean to y'all? Mindset is everything. I mean, you are what you think. What's an example, for example, uh, what, sorry, what's an example for you both of a, <laughs> I hate to use the <laughs> word, but like a really shitty con uh, concept of, 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 of mindset? Let's start there. What's a shitty mindset that you've noticed that basically just fucks it up for everybody else whoa 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 wait wait if you're watching this and enjoying it press pause for a second go to activemindsclub.com again activemindsclub.com here you will have membership access to our exclusive networking events as well as behind the scene access to our guests where you yourself can ask them questions not to mention at these events 
and in the community. You're going to have access to the very mentors that are here sitting with us, as well as many, many more that are doing cool things in stocks, marketing, cars, real estate, where we're going to have you have access to education, insights, how-tos, all things that you can apply to your life and business. I mean, like you said, with instant gratification, this is for stocks, this is mm -hmm. for personal credit mm -hmm. repair. Like, people that come for personal credit, a shitty mindset is in 60 days, your credit's not at a 750 yet, and you're pissed off about it. That's a shitty mindset yeah. because yeah. you yeah. need yeah. to understand that credit yeah. repair is also not an easy step. Is we found loopholes and there's F FCRA policies that were able to remove things from your credit, but the credit bureaus don't want to remove those. So we have to find different ways. So if it doesn't work the first month, we, we got to try again the second month. If it doesn't work the second month, we got to try down the third month. If it doesn't work the third month, we try for the fourth. And a shitty mindset is like, okay, I'm not at a 750 yet. It's been 60 days. Fuck this. I'm over it. But a yep. good mindset would be, hey, I got two things removed. My score went up a little bit. That's great. I'm better than I was last month. Let's keep improving. Ah, compounding. Compound your yeah. improvements. Yeah. Okay. What about yeah. you, man? What's a shitty personality? Sh uh, shitty mindset. mindset whatever. <laughs> I'll talk about stocks market, just both trading and also long term. So first for trading, people start uh, trading, and if they don't make four to five k a week, they they're done. You know. Where did they come up with that number? Because they see people posting profits. I'm telling you, social media oh, that's is Bobby great. Wurto shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. It is. It is. Mr. Yeah. Me too. Bobby Wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got it. The thing is, real quick, for you starts like when chris got me trading like obviously i didn't have a bunch of money in the yeah. account and chris had all sorts of money in his account <laughs> but he still would never trade that much like chris was only making 500 a thousand a day because he he had hundred thousand dollars in a trading account but he wasn't spending forty thousand he wasn't risking he was making a thousand a day because he knows that's what he wanted slow and steady so you got it think about the owner of your community that, that you that taught you everything about trading he's only making a thousand a day yeah. and he's comfortable <laughs> and then people would still bits that they're not making enough like he's you comfortable making that you got it because chris doesn't want to trade all day all I he don't. wants to do is go bing bing thousand dollars i'll see you later 30 seconds fair and that's the key i respect that <laughs> that's the I key respect that so but that's how you stay in the game for longer 100 <laughs> exactly. percent because it is long term people want to risk fifty thousand, and then you lose the the entire 50k now you blew the account now you don't have anything dude did you guys see like the retail traders that could jump in during covid Yes. And like, what is it like over 80% of them are now either broke or out of the game. But yeah. why though? Lack of education, lack of guidance, lack of mindset, lack of discipline, lack of risk the management. Discipline for sure. Lack of risk management. I know a guy that lost 100K trading. Yeah, man. I. <laughs> this is this guy. This is serious stuff, man. I, damn. I mean, I'll tell you all separately, but like there was a guy yeah. like he sold like fitness programs and stuff. Mm -hmm. This dude put 130K into the market and lost it in a week. Yeah. I mean, he's DMing me like, what do I do? I'm like, what do you mean? What do I do? What do you do? I'm not fucking Superman. What do you want to do? Lack of risk management. I mean, even us as professionals, we make mistakes. I'm not going to lie. Three months ago was the worst month of my life. Mm -hmm. I lost $250,000 in 30 days. Look at you still stand. Oh, he's a warrior, I was, man. I was wrecked, he's a warrior. I, lost, yeah. I invested <laughs> money at that time. Like, you know, I have money, but to lose that much amount of money, that really ruined my life at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's still, I'm still climbing back from that. I put $120,000 into a I'm not even going to say what it is, but it was some sort of a crypto investment mm -hmm. where it was very high risk. And I knew that rug pull, it, it got rug pulled, but it was very <laughs> high risk. The only reason I put that amount in is I had a close friend that did make 50,000 in that same investment. I, I know he did. I showed me. So I said, I knew it was high risk. And this is something I tell everybody, don't risk money. You're not willing to lose. Yep. I wasn't willing to lose that money, but I saw him make $50,000. <laughs> we were, everything was, the stocks were down. Crypto was down. My portfolio on crypto went down a hundred thousand that day too like that week too. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna double up. Threw another 130 into this fund. Um, five to seven days later, 
savage. They closed it down. Fucking savage. Lost two hundred fifty thousand, yeah, <laughs> and it it fucked me up. But you know what? Since that point on, like I've been on a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. It's actually made me better. It ruined my life for a month. The past sixty days have been the best of my month. Why did you double down? Focused. Again, uh, it was a dumb move, but I saw him make. No, it's okay, bro. No, no. But we're gonna we can learn. From no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I my portfolio was down, which really didn't mean anything to yeah. me because crypto goes up and down all the time. And yeah, I was of like, I was thinking at that time, I had a mindset of, okay, how can I make this money back at least? You know, what what can I do to invest this money and ah, make this back quickly? Right. And he happened. He. It's not like I was looking for opportunities. I'm still in the long term game, but an opportunity happened to be presented to me. He happened to show me that mm-hmm. he made fifty thousand dollars in a week, and I said, fuck it. You know, sometimes you do have to risk. It, that was a bad risk and i've made big risks my entire career mm-hmm. but that was a bad risk and it didn't work out and that that could ruin someone's life you lose two hundred fifty thousand dollars. i know people that commit suicide for less yeah yeah dude did. the guy bed bath and beyond bro <laughs> yeah. just that's crazy that's this, crazy this stuff dude, this dude really jumped off a building that's crazy i know stuff. it sounds callous but it'll, i mean it is what it is but um y'all heard then of sunken cost fallacy mm-hmm. uh, and sunken cost fallacy that's why i asked like what motivated you to double down and in this say, I don't know if that's the case for you, but I do notice it with a lot of people, especially the retail traders, um, like the ape army, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> I kept noticing people like, buy the dip. I'm like, wait, dude, like how long is it? Buy another dip, buy another dip. And after a while, it's like the sunken cost fallacy comes into effect. And if you've never heard of the sunken cost fallacy, it's basically like I've put in this much time, effort, money, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Like I can't lose. I need to put in a little bit more. I need to double down so that I don't lose. And that's considered in your brain hedging your bets. Yeah, like in your scenario, it's mm-hmm. a little different though because you obviously you had seen some 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 progress, some yeah. you know movement on your boys' account, and you know it's unfortunate. But for you watching, it 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 does pertain to like your career, your business, etc. You gotta learn when to fucking pivot. Uh, speaking of pivoting, let's get on that, man. I would love to hear y'all's take on this. You have clearly worked on multiple different things, like just multiple things all at once, etc. When do you know that it's time to move on? Um. I mean, that's the thing about what we're doing, both of us, <laughs> is I don't think there's going to be a point. There, there will be certain things that we move on from, mm-hmm. but I think our both of our main goals is to build this community. And that's why this is a long-term game, because mm-hmm. right. our, our real money is going to come from this community and come from our testimonials mm-hmm. and come from the people that said that we helped them. And that takes years. And, yeah. You know, building our, the Discord, when his started, there was probably 150 people in there for the first eight months yeah and then now wow. there's thousands of yeah. people in there yeah and <laughs> overnight just, success right overnight yeah. success you yeah. got it and yeah. that's why we do so many free webinars that's why we do so many free trainings that's why we're giving out so much free information because all of those free things are going to end up as going to be how we're going to be worth 100 million or 200 million dollars in a couple of years because mm-hmm. yep. we're going to now have a community of hundreds of thousands of people soon that has said Chris and Justin, Chris and Martin. Martin is, you know, Chris's business partner too. He does so much for the community. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, Chris, Justin, Martin, all these people helped us so much. They helped me fix my credit. They helped me get funding. They've g- given me a multiple streams of passive income. They taught me how to trade. I now know, I now have three or four streams of income. Those people giving us testimonials and that repeat and rinse and repeat process over the next five to seven years, it's a guaranteed 10 to $20 million. Such a magic right number. Now. You said five. To seven years, not five to seven days. No, five to seven, five to seven weeks. Hundred percent. Is every day. That, that dude, that's the fucking difference right there. That's yeah. the long game, I, and I, I respect that about y'all, by the way. Because yeah. a lot of times everything's like, oh, that's gonna take too long. Okay. Oh, everyone wants like fucking five to seven days. They think it's like Uber Eats. <laughs> like it's like now, 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 now. Yeah. And it, it, if there's anything that I learned from an old mentor, um, he would tell me there's like the the only way a scam works is if the mark is greedier than the person pulling the scam, mm. and 
let's call it what it is. That's why a lot of these gurus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Furus, they just furus. they secure the pack and fucking run <laughs> off into the sunset because like they promise you, you know, things like that. And it's a facade. That's what it is. A facade. I'm gonna drive in a nice car, yeah, dripped out designer, everything, and then I'm gonna give you guys a, a webinar and 50k, yeah. and then I just deuces, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but 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 just to add on to what we're saying, we're, we're also in the community. I mean, we're doing events. Mm-hmm. We were in Atlanta for InvestFest. We were up in New York City last weekend. We did, we, uh, we did the Level Up Conference. Nice. Uh, that was two days, uh, free masterclass. We cover business funding, personal credit. Uh, wow. We, yeah, we cover. Y'all have a replay for that? We sh- yeah, yeah, yes. we do. Yes, okay. we do. That's taxes. Look at that. Taxes. Everything. about taxes, which he did phenomenal. What's his name again? Uh, Ma- tax Focus, Miguel Matos. He's he did a, a phenomenal job. He's the only person probably in America that can make you have fun listening about fucking taxes. taxes. That's yeah. a skill. Everyone yeah, it is. Like a it is. He did a phenomenal job. Like, ter- oh, oh, like, oh, everyone's like, taxes? Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, we had a fireside chat panel, a 19-year-old who's a multimillionaire, both in stocks and also real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we showed people that it is possible. But, but again, we are going into the communities, and we definitely want to do an event here in Miami as well to show people that this is possible we're real we're, we we also here you know here to um to help and we're also going to give you the framework as well mm-hmm. on how to get there that's the whole scope no bullshit no frills at right all to the point 100% Ah man, I gotta say that that's what like I don't miss New York but that's one of the one things I miss <laughs> just fucking spill it out just fucking spill it out just yeah. no bullshit um speaking of spelling shit out um I know that your approach with credit because you're right, it's super saturated. Everyone in the mother's a credit expert on your side stocks. Like, dude, when the dips started happening, like all these like TikTok investors like magically disappeared. Why do you think man, I don't wanna ask that question. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna rephrase this question. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna think about this a little bit so I could it could be have a little more substance. Because I know what I wanna ask, mm-hmm. but I know y'all probably hear this question a lot. So let me ask it a different way. Why do you think that when it comes to finance, because you're both talking finance, right? Why the fuck do you think so many people are afraid to talk about money? Um, I think for the most part, it's because most people don't have any, for one. Mm-hmm. And for the second part, people are sca- people. Most people are scared to realize what's really going on in their financial life. So if somebody has late payments or they have bills that are due, Mm -hmm. that's the problem is they could have easily made a minimum payment on this credit card before it went late Mm -hmm. of $20. The reason why they didn't is because they're so scared to open that app. When you open that (laughs) app and see that it's late and see that you owe $7,000, and even though you only could make a minimum payment of 35 or 100, it's that whole, it's a mindset thing. Like always, for you to open that app and even see the negative 7,000, it fucks up your head. And that's why people are so scared to think about it, talk about it, because most people are in debt. Our country is in debt, yep. and they don't want to realize it. Even though they know it's happening, they don't want it to actually come to life. So the more they don't think about it, the more it's actually not happening. It almost yep. sounds like their ego's getting in the way. because exactly. that, 100%. You're basically just looking at your mistakes. It's egos, exactly. man. It's egos. It's, lack it's hard of... to look at your mistakes. Yeah. It is for me sometimes. You know, I, I looked at a $142,000 credit card bill like two months ago I had to pay. That shit killed me, son. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> it's egos lack of familiar. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I, what, what about you, man? What do you, what do you know? Why do you think people are so afraid to talk about money? Fear. Fear of talking about technical concepts like I was. I was scared of talking about, you know, what is a P.E. ratio when it comes to stuff. Why were you stock. scared of that? The, just the trauma that when I was growing up that is not What does that us. mean, trauma? Trauma is like whenever you have, whenever you come from a, from a community of people telling you that this is not for you, you this is not, you know, for your demographic. Mm-hmm. I grew up with that. And you right. believed it. I, I mean, I was six, seven years old, and I was, you know, hearing that. So mm-hmm. you believe that. 
you know, as you grow up, you start to inherit the beliefs and the limitations from those around you. So I was inheriting the beliefs and, and the limitations from the people around me, Harlem, Washington Heights, the Bronx. No one talks about stocks. People see stocks as a scam. Or stocks is only for certain people. Yeah. Even though they see the people driving Ferraris 100%, and all that shit, 100%. And they still think it's a scam. Well, they say this. This is only for a certain demographic. That's that's how I grew up, okay. right? So I was scared of the technical concepts, not knowing that, that I, I could easily do this, right? Yeah, and look then, at you now. Yeah, 100%. And then, <laughs> and then on top of it, you know, we led a, a, a session on how to consolidate debt, mm-hmm. how to become debt relief when it comes to uh, your debt. And one of the things is that, like, you know, like, when you go out, let's say, to like Club Live, right? And you spend a couple thousand at live, right? And you know that app, that app, it says a, a huge bill, but you don't want to see it. You don't want to confront that that challenge, right? Yeah. Why? Because it's lack of commitment. We have lack of oh, commitment. Oh wait, what? It's lack of commitment. Wait, now nah, you gotta you gotta have to break that down. Yes. Not for me, for them. For them, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's it's be- good. I like what you're taking it's, this. It's because whenever you overspend, whenever you know that your student loan bill just increased by fifteen percent because you were not paying it. Mm-hmm. The last year, now is lack of commitment because now you have to commit to something. The reason why we fail in life, in relationships, and everything that we do is because we don't commit to things. Making the same choices. Another way to look at commitment is making the same choices over, over and, and over, over again. And, over and, you, again. and you don't want to break out the cycle. You don't want to get uncomfortable, but you ha- you're going to have to get uncomfortable to understand these different things. That is something I loved, like socioeconomically speaking, by the way. Yeah. That the different times I played in different arenas. I've noticed a few things. Maybe y'all can agree with me. Yeah. The higher social, I go socioeconomically in, in spaces, less racism. Number two, mm-hmm. another thing, the way that they view challenges, it's like, oh my God. And then the other, again, the different, it's like, oh, that sucks. All right, cool. That's, it's just like the mentality, the approach is so different in, in a, how they choose to show up. Like I got a buddy, Sean, mm-hmm. um, doing really well for himself. He recently had a huge problem to face. And two of his boys were freaking the fuck out. <laughs> and you just, did you see how he's just chewing gum and just smiling? That was Sean's face, bro. He's like, hi, right, I'm going cool. to just find somebody by the end of the week that can help me out with this problem. How do we fix his it? His brain yeah. just, yeah, his brain just went to like literally your exact face, bro. He <laughs> just said like, all right. Uh, how, how do you fix it? Yeah. Right, it, just, it is what it is. It's a different mindset. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. And again, well, what we typically do is that we ignore our debt. We ignore it. But the problem is that you can run, but you can't hide. Right. Mm. When, when you ig- taxes, right? Yeah. And <laughs> when you ignore your debt and you don't pay your bills, you're probably thinking, you know what, whatever, I'm not paying for it. But at the end of the day, that bill is increasing because you have interest on that bill. Right. So people mm. oftentimes they they try to run away. They try to hide from their problems. And that's the biggest problem that we have today. If you've never heard of this, um, uh, this story, look it up. It's called the Telltale Heart. <laughs> it's a really old story. Um, I won't go into it. But long story short, it's like when you sweep shit under the rug for too long. Yeah. That basically becomes your demon. Um, and it, take some time, look it up, tell, tell heart. It's a really old story, but yeah. that for me is what I hear when you're describing what you're saying. You keep sweeping under the rug. It's yeah. like people who hate going to the doctor. Yeah. And then once it's <laughs> too late, now they're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like well, it's easier to do preventative maintenance than 100%. it is to cure an illness, you know? And it's the lack of proactivity. We're never proactive when it comes to things. We're never proactive when it comes to, you know, if we want to go on vacation for, you know, say to loom next year. We never plan for these different things. We never budget. We never have a plan for anything that we do. Yeah, but what does that say about people though? Like they're willing to el sudor de la frente, you know, work the sub sorry for your brow. Work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, but then like don't go to the doctor. Nothing. Don't want to talk about finance. Don't want to look at the bill. You know, that's that's what I mean. Like you've got we back home, you know, you turn the term chutzpah, like the balls, right? Mm-hmm. To approach things like work yep. and like no days off, the hustle porn, right? <laughs> Where the fuck is that energy for this stuff? Yep. It's not. It's not. 
Why? That's and I don't know, and that's something we're trying to figure out as a group, and that's why we focus so much on these things to really help people build mm -hmm. a foundation. This trading stocks and all this and Amazon and all this shit is not for the average person. This yep. is for somebody that built their foundation. You have to build a foundation first. You have to have a main source of income. You have to then have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. You then have to have enough money to afford all of your bills, live comfortably, go on vacation when you want. When all of those things are in place, your credit's good, your business is good, it's running, your taxes are paid. Now, start trading stocks. Now, start getting into Amazon. There you go. Day. Now, buy a couple cars on yeah. Turo. But if you cannot skip the foundation to this step, passive income is not for people that have not went through the steps. 100%. You can't, you're right, you're right, all right. That you, I'm gonna digress because you're absolutely right on that. You can't, <laughs> you can't fake the hustle. You yeah. really can't. You got it, you got it. You know, and I think that that's where you're differentiating that on your head, because you're right. Like, I see a lot of people that are like, apparently now it's like shameful to have a nine to five. Why? That's ridiculous. That's just covering your overhead. You, you, you know what's crazy? I have level up and I still work at Microsoft. What the? You see what I'm talking about? Like He's got the best job ever, though. It, I mean, I love my job. I work in cybersecurity. Yeah, but you're not ashamed of it. Oh, That's I love my it. Point. I love it. But Everyone on IG is an entrepreneur. But why is it? Social media. The big dogs with the Lambos want to, you know, look down on people that have a 9 to 5. No. Yeah, I've seen that so many it's times. It's crazy like, to I me. Don't have a work in a it's What's crazy. What's wrong with it? Me. It covers your overhead and like you said it perfectly. That's what covers the rest of everything else. Like Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got Like it. if you look at Maslow, you were, have you all heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Mm -hmm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically a theory. It's an old psychologist guy. Basically says food and shelter. Then after food and shelter, yeah. you, you got, got social, you then you got go about. 100%. Like if you're not covering and you said it perfectly, like, why don't don't quit your job? Before we started recording, you yeah. said that you've talked to people like, "Bro, don't quit your job." Keep doing the job, yeah. then yeah. use that to finance everything exactly. else. Exactly, exactly. But like, you know what? If that's the case, then I definitely see how social media is, is pervasing that. Yeah. It's it terrible. Sorry, it's that. terrible. And I'm telling you, because of Microsoft, I was able to retire my mom at the age of 20. Because of Microsoft, I oh, bought yeah. her a condo. Young, bro. That's what's Thank up. you, my brother. That's because dope. of Microsoft, Yo, awesome, I got dude. Airbnbs. Because of Microsoft, I've been able to build level up. I will never leave Microsoft. Why? Yeah. I know people that my mentors who are, who are at Microsoft, mm -hmm. they have over $20 million in just shares. And they haven't left Microsoft. Why would I leave? Damn. Well, this this is, the, there's two sides to the story, though. Chris loves his job. Yeah, I, I love my Chris, job. I love, I, I love it, man. Chris loves his job, and Chris, without level up, without anything else, he could live very comfortably 100%. off his salary 100%. off Microsoft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you have side B where somebody hates their fucking job, they don't make any money, <laughs> and then they complain about it every yep. day. If you're that person, then do something about it. Start a business. Keep that job until you have enough money to cover your bills for yep. three months, and then go all out. You only have one life. If you're going to fail, then fucking fail. Go get another job. Who cares? If you That's get definitely one job, where the long game comes in. Yeah. Like the long game, like there's a few people that I've, I've met, very similar shoes, where they're working their job, and then every single time, there's this term buying income. They yes. look at it first like, I'm going to buy some income for like my cell phone. Mm -hmm. Like there's this guy, I, I'll actually, I'll use this guy as an example that I grew up with. Um, his name is Faruk, and what he did is he was working at the VA. Then he started making his, his money, and he would use that to buy Pradas. <laughs> and then he would flip the Pradas, take, the, take it and do it all over again. Then he would buy three, four pairs of Pradas. Then he would go buy like very expensive jewelry and stuff like that. He's never left his job at the VA. Wow. But my man is iced. My boy is literally is dripped. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, he's dripped. Yeah, yeah, Gucci down to the socks, like the song. <laughs> but he's never left his job. And right. if you ask him now, like, what do you do? He'll tell you like, oh, I do a little of this, a little of that. But there should be so a little bit of pride in working at, like a real job, hundred percent, using that money to yeah. build your overhead. Like I definitely respect your approach on that one. Yeah, yeah. Long term portfolio. If you love your job, then keep that. it. There's no reason to quit your job. Even, if, even if you hate it, man, just fucking suck it up for a little bit. But have a plan in place. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a plan. Yeah, because like there's a lot of people who are like really miserable in their jobs and like 
two three years later they're still telling you the exact same song exactly 100 percent. yeah because well, they're comfortable they're comfortable and we're in a di- we're, we're literally are they though some that people like cowards some people are so comfortable and just living the nine to five you go to the nine to five and you come home and you get dinner and you do it all over again people love that type of lifestyle. Se de eso. like you don't get bored of that shit? <laughs> people love that <laughs> yeah uh, sorry bro you're gonna say something no, no. i was saying where that it's 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 actually disgusting to me that people find it so hard to make money i'm not saying that it's easy to make a lot of money but mm-hmm. it's very easy to make money you don't have to make a million dollars in a year, but most people in America are making forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I promise you, making forty to fifty thousand dollars a year on anything is life probably changing. the easiest thing of all time. It's life changing. We can bro. go on Google right now and just type in "make money online." Type it into fucking Google. <laughs> I guarantee you, there will be the top ten things on Google, yeah. and each one of them you can make fifty thousand dollars this year. Yep. Any one of these, like there's people in our groups and we tell them, we, we give them access to sell all of our services, marketing services, Amazon stores, be an affiliate for Love Love. There's, you can make four to $5,000 a month just doing that. Yep. And they don't take initiative. They're sitting back, they lose money, and then they cry about it. All you got to do is go DM 10 of your friends. Hey, you want to sign up? You DM somebody for an Amazon store. If they got money, you just made four grand. Now you're not bitching about money, but you're not willing to put in the work. You went to your nine to five, you got out at six o'clock, you had dinner, you went to the gym for 30 minutes at Planet Fitness, you're still out of shape, you're bitching about it, and now you're telling <laughs> us that you don't have money. That's what I'm talking that about. That sounded very specific. <laughs> I mean, Fuck that person in particular, whoever he's talking about. <laughs> that was mad specific, dude. <laughs> Bradley is someone you brought up before, and it came to mind as you were saying that, because Bradley, and actually someone that was here not too long ago named Zane, they call him the king of solar. Mm-hmm. He had a very sa- similar approach to what you're saying. His whole thing was like, he was kind of shy. And then this dude started knocking on doors selling solar. Yep. And now he's got a billion dollar company. So he, he didn't actually create the panels. He didn't, didn't even do the installation. He just said, I'm gonna put myself out there in a conversation and leverage something that already exists, high ticket, et cetera. Yeah. So on that approach, you know, sales definitely helps that. Finance helps that. Being comfortable with talking about finances obviously helps that. And when it comes to mindset, it's something that gets thrown around as a buzzword a lot. And that's why to my close friends and relatives, I do say this, like, stop worrying about the buzzword. Just think about what it actually means. It's your perspective. It's your approach on how you approach life and things. Um, There's a guy named Alfred Adler, and he's someone who studied under Socrates and Plato. And he has this theory where basically you have your business, your friendship, and your romantic relationships. How you choose to show up to those, and I've said this before, how you choose to show up to those and the questions you ask literally dictate what your life will look like financially, right. socioeconomically, and your social circles. And that's something that unfortunately gets overlooked because as you folks already clearly spelled out, it's that fear. And yep. that fear tends to derive from self-worth. And self-worth tends to derive in your experience like you said, when I was growing up, my mom did this, but my whole neighborhood and my mom just saw self-worth as different. 100%, yeah. So, it's something definitely for people to to rediscover on their own time. Um, there's actually a book called uh, the, Mount, the Mountain is Me or Mountain is You or something like that. It did a really good job, you know, going into that. Your whole like the whole way that you view yourself and self worth wise, right. um, which is oh, going off on a whole tangent. But I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm I'm picking up a lot of what you're putting down. So if you're listening to this, watching this, want to rewind or don't want to rewind, here's some of the finer points that uh, Justin and Chris have definitely laid out in like the simplest way possible. That's one of the magic of New Yorkers. There's no bullshit, just bang, that's what it is. We're different so, breeds, we're different breeds. <laughs> bong, bong's my word, bro. Bong, bong. Yeah. <laughs> bong. Number one, finance. The immediate thing they went into is finance and credit, basically money. 
what is your relationship with money? Be very fucking honest with yourself. Like, you're only kidding yourself. Like, I love <laughs> Justin's example. Like, I owe money. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to log into my yeah. app. I'm not going to look into that. And you're right. I have actually seen people, like, a scared, like, literally scared to log into their banking app because they don't want to see that. <laughs> exactly. See, it's the normal human reaction. Then they immediately go into the whole idea of credit, which is leverage. And we've gone over this a number of times here. Leverage, leverage, leverage is the name of the game. That's basically what allows you to enter new rooms. OPM. Exactly. Oh, yes. Other OPM. people's money. Exactly. And Facts. you know what's the funny part about OPM and leverage? <laughs> when people think about it, like, oh, what about me? Dude, you put a dollar into the fucking bank account. And guess what Chase does? They take your dollar and magically through the numbers of, uh, of you know, through the technology, they lend out nine. Right. So mm -hmm. if Chase is doing it, why can't you? Um, then they started going into, and I'm paraphrasing here, asking better questions. When they talk to the people that they're serving and why they shifted, and, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I was wasting time putting out stuff on Instagram before that was very technical. Like I'm talking about like master classes. Mind you, I've like taught MBA students at college before. And when I noticed when I put that at it, it, the audience, this was my aha moment. When I did it at Nova Southeastern, and when I did an IG, Nova Southeastern applied it. IG was like, okay, cool. Like, I was like, oh, fuck that. And I had to learn to serve a different audience. They learned to serve a different audience. And now, because of that, their community is not only growing, it's flourishing, but also money is being made by everyone, not just them. So they're not the guru that's creating a course right. on how to create courses on how to create courses. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Another thing that they started talking about when we talk about serving the right crowd is perspective and mindset. You hear this literally every fucking where. Their whole thing was, if you're able to delay gratification, then you're at least beginning to be qualified to work with us. So they made a huge emphasis on focusing on who they focus on. Right. Very important. That's how you stop wasting your energy and you actually see better results. Then, excuse me, another thing that they go on is about asset classes. They are in technically two different fields, but it still revolves around finance. Mm -hmm. And they tech definitely focus in and hone in on asset classes, breaking it down to what it actually means and getting you comfortable with what it actually means. You know, when you look at Chris's background, he said that his mother had great credit, but her relationship with money was that of scarcity. That's not for us. Right. Now that he's older, he knows, oh <laughs> shit, we had it wrong. 100%. You know, excuse me. And another thing too, is as we start to wrap up the finer points is that there is no shame in a day job. Yep. I don't care what the fuck the six figure gurus tell you. Let me tell you something, especially in New York. And I, I actually made this joke a lot. If you're rich in Miami, you broke in New York. And if you're rich in my and if you're rich in New York, you're balling in Miami. And there's a reason for that because yep. time and place, right? Yep. Unit economics is something I would love for you to Google unit economics. It's something for you to learn and run with specifically because when it comes to the way that you play anything, you need a foundation, right? So if your food and shelter, your overhead is covered, mm -hmm. you're going to be a lot more comfortable going on to like self-gratification, self-actualization, mm -hmm. meditation, all that stuff. It's actually been proven scientifically that poor people, people that are poor, I can keep going on with it, whatever fucking PC comment you want me to make about the station life is this. It literally fucks up your brain. Yep. If your brain is in survival mode, you're not actually processing the world around you. You're only focused on what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? You're only worrying about how you're going to eat dinner tonight. And I've been there. All right. And for that reason, I can tell you from the other fucking side now, that's not a way to live. And that's really going to take you, even if you have to fucking muster the courage up and fake it for a fucking week, 
Put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable. The more complex problems you solve, the more you get paid, which is why the less you work, the more you get paid. Yep. These two are a shining example of that. Did I capture a lot of what you guys were laying down? It was amazing. Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And if I did miss anything, this is your opportunity to fill in the blanks for me, man. As we wrap up, Justin, I'll start with you, man. My Siciliano. <laughs> <laughs> what is something in the last 12 months that you're very fucking proud of, man? Oof. Um, I mean, my consistency. Um, okay. My, my willingness to keep pushing when things go wrong, and that's the biggest obstacle that as entrepreneurs that we go through. Mm -hmm. We're going to fucking fail 10 times, more t 10 times more than we're going to win. You heard if that, you, right? You're going to, anybody yep. that's becoming an entrepreneur, you're starting a business, you're going to fucking fail so much. You're going to have a terrible time. And if you're not willing to fail, if you're not able to control those failures, then just stick to your day job because this life is not for you. It sucks. Um, the second thing I would <laughs> tell anybody, shit. <laughs> I love it. Second thing I would tell anybody is set daily, small, small, small goals. Instant gratification is huge. Hitting a tiny goal, making $50 in a day. That's a huge goal. It's yep. a tiny goal, but those daily small goals, that gratification is what keeps you pushing. Mm -hmm. Set monthly medium goals and set quarterly huge goals. And my mm. biggest thing that I've accomplished, yeah, I haven't got on, that. My, I haven't got on Chris's level yet, but I was able to build my mother a brand new house this year. I didn't able to retire, but yep. I built my mother a brand new house. That was Yo, been, God bless. That's been a goal of mine <laughs> since the day I started. That's the first reason Ooh. why I got into this this game. Is my mother's house was so out of shape and fucked up, so I was able to yeah. buy that home and remodel it and make it brand new and give it to her. And that's huge. And taking care of your parents, taking care of the people that got you to the place you are, is the the biggest gratification you can have. But you also need gratification for yourself. Without that, you're not going to get as far as you want to be. What about you, my man? Biggest proud moment in the last 12 years. Last 12 months. 12, 12 months. Something you're very proud of, man. Oof. I, I think just building, just level up, man, and just collaborating with people like Justin. I mean, Justin has been a great asset to who we are. He actually founded Level Up with me. Um, nice. So it's been phenomenal. We've been able to put um, put different assets under Level Up. I think that's been critical. I'm also proud of myself, man. Just, again, being consistent every single day, going for that 1% every single day. You know, one thing that I always say is uh, it's always you versus you. You are the only obstacle in front of yourself. So I think about that stuff every single day. What can I do better? How can I improve? So you're not and, worrying about everybody else. Oh, I don't even care, man. Fuck everybody. I'm thinking, every day, every day I'm trying to beat me. <laughs> Even if it's at the gym, going mm -hmm. for one more rep. Even if, if even if it's at home meditating. Even even if it's in a relationship, I'm trying to be better every single day. I'm trying to find ways that I can improve every single day. And I think that once you become surgical to that point, that's when you really achieve success. Um, I've been reading lots of books, man, on on, on leadership. Any recent ones? Uh, How to Lead Without Fear. How to Lead Without Fear. Yeah, that one is, is a beautiful book. Okay. Um, I'm trying to become a better leader. You know, I'm, I'm trying to you know serve to my team i'm trying to put my team on i'm trying to give them training you know we we fly them out everywhere they come with us uh i was in atlanta for invest fest that was a really proud moment coming from the dominican republic from washington heights and being at a conference to speak to people about the long-term game when it comes to stocks and mm -hmm. how to you know how we can actually you know uh, realize generational wealth super proud of that i've been also been doing lots of teaching uh educational classes we, we did a big master class in april we had uh, i mean so much success every single person that was part of that class now is a, is a profitable trader um just i mean it's not I'm, an easy feat man it's been a it's been a phenomenal year man well uh, we, we just launched one company uh we launched it in december 
and it's close to hitting seven figures already without one single dollar of Facebook ads, nice. everything organic. So just learning the ropes, man, Le um, learning the ropes, uh, becoming a learn-it-all, I think has been really, really, really I'll critical. Learn-it-all. Yeah. <laughs> People want to be a know-it-all. I know. I like that phrase. I, I want to like be a learn-it-all. I'm trying to learn everything. Mm -hmm. And my biggest recommendation for everybody out there is that versatility is not an option anymore. It's but a requirement. It's a requirement right now. Before, being versatile was really attractive. It was really sexy. It was really, like, you were different. Mm-hmm. Now is a requirement. Now you got to be that nurse that works and, and you also trade Forex at night. And you also have an e-commerce store. And you also have an Airbnb in Midtown or somewhere in Miami. That's that's the norm right now when it comes to us humans and, and taking into account the economic conditions that we're going through. Recession, everything going on. So I think that, you know, just being versatile is so critical. And having more than one leg of income could definitely help you out when it comes to your financial stability. Fuck yeah. <laughs> if we were I, I'd love to, to give you an opportunity to give someone their flowers man like Oof. who's someone that you feel we might be overlooking right now but they're dropping amazing knowledge and maybe you've learned from them too that's a tough question it could be something with it that we don't all know not mainstream if anything I mean, I'd have to give a big shout out to my other business partner, Jose Garcia. Yeah, oh, yeah. He changed my life. Um, he's probably people, one man. of the most knowledgeable person I've ever met in my life. And the amount of knowledge and the amount of research that he does in order to improve mine and Chris's life is just outstanding. It's insane, yeah. Wow. And he's somebody that's not very active on social media, so get your ass on Instagram. <laughs> um, but I think when he becomes active on social media, he's going to make over. a huge fucking impact on yep. people. The I, things I, that he knows and the things that... The, the amount of time that he puts into everything he does is unmatched. I've never seen anything like his worth acid. Wow. Worth acid. That's Ethic. saying a lot, man. Yeah. It's hard to impress us up there. No, he's good, man. Yeah. He's uh, amazing. What about yourself, man? Just my entire team. You know, my entire team for going out there. I'm, 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 I'm definitely tough on them because I, I try to push them. Yeah. Um, but my team has done a phenomenal job this, just this year when it comes to acquiring new skills and learning new things. You know, even just... You know, trusting me as a leader mm -hmm. to to lead them and path away from them. I think that right there has been critical. So I'll definitely say my team. I'll say my hometown back in Washington Heights. Anything that I put out, any event that I do, people show up. So I want to thank everybody that's been part of Level Up. That also, you know, Project Fundable as well. We got we got actual people that trust us. They love us. They support us. And I think that our community is definitely what I think the most is is definitely the community. Nice. Well, as we wrap up. I know I've said this before. Actually, the last <laughs> episode we talked about this. Uh, making money is not a thing you do. It's a skill you have. And compounding is something you might have heard of, maybe not. Um, but specifically, delayed gratification is so important because almost all the people you've seen on this show are yep. a prime example of delayed gratification. Chris and Justin are a prime <laughs> example <laughs> A fucking delayed gratification. He spent nothing on ads and has seven-figure earners. They've spent nothing on winning people over, and they've got a community that everyone is making money. Yep. And not a lot of people that start these sorts of events or communities or movements can say the same. And the major difference in every single time, when you look at the ones who don't make it and the ones who do, it's the compounding effect created by those that are okay with delayed gratification. Justin said it perfectly. You're going to fail 10 more times, and you're going to actually succeed. If there's anything I love about what I learned when I was doing like high ticket sales before is like, dude, the no's are just getting you closer to the yes. Yep. This is actually why we give love to people like Brad Lee. He talks about this in excess. Uh, you know, Alex Hormozzi talks about this too. You're going to get a shit ton of no's, man. You're going to fail a bunch of fucking times. That's just tuition. 
So I hope that you challenge yourself. Like you give yourself the opportunity to solve more complex problems in 100% ask better questions. The return on investment for better <laughs> questions is unfucking matched It actually beats the S&P every fucking time. <laughs> um, as we wrap things up, I wanted to give a huge thanks out to Hands Free Automation and Vegan Gummies for being a supporter, a partner, and okay. friend in this whole endeavor, getting us in front of people like Chris and Justin. Chris and Justin, I got nothing but love for y'all, and I wait, cannot wait Likewise, to have y'all as neighbors. Yes. Um, <laughs> this has been Active Minds, man, and thank you so much for joining us. Here, as, just to remind you one more time, the idea is to sit down with people like Chris and Justin, have a conversation so we can learn from their perspective and experiences because they're paving quite literally their own lane. And then, of course, we talked a little shit because <laughs> we wanted to see how what their experiences mean can be for you. And last but not least, the whole idea of this entire thing and why I'm even sitting here is so that you and I can move smarter together. I've been Catriel C. Sarfati. This has been Active Minds. Catch you next time. Thank you. That's a wrap. Amazing, bro. So, guys, as we're wrapping up, we want to remind you that we have our membership program now available on ActiveMindsClub.com. ActiveMindsClub.com. Grab yourself a seat. See you there.